Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Uh, We are talking today about never forget and sacrifice as we are heading into uh, Memorial Day in a couple of weeks. Joining us today to talk about that and some of the things that are going on within the state are Ryan Engel, Partnership Coordinator for the MVAA, Charles Reed, the Assistant Director of the Great Lakes National Cemetery, and Susan Dinogalli, the Executive Director of the VA, Detroit VA Regional Office. We have a great show for you today. We have an interesting topic, but I want to encourage you and remind you that our service is so important and that we never forget the sacrifices that we made, even for those who are still living in order to serve. So we have a great show. We'll see you after the commercial break on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Before we dive into our um, guest, I wanted to bring Ryan Engel from the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, the partnership coordinator on, to talk a little bit about what just happened last week with the Veterans Leadership Summit, our very first one. Ryan, can you talk a little bit more about that and tell us, you know, how that went? Of course, Director, thanks for having me. You know, uh, a number of months ago, we really kind of looked at our core mission as an agency of coordination and connection and saw an opportunity to to bring together leaders of veterans serving organizations, those organizations whose primary purpose is serving veterans. So uh, different entities of local government, state government, federal government, nonprofits, uh, veteran service organizations, and really getting bringing together leaders to, to the table to learn from one another, network and, uh, and grow as leaders for the organizations we serve and the veterans we serve. And, uh, you know, certainly room for improvement, but I think overall it was, uh, it was a really good opportunity and we got, uh, there was lots of great feedback and ultimately we brought 120 plus uh, leaders to the table and a lot of good relationships were made. Well, you know, and that was great. You know, I was there, you know, we got to see, you know, uh, Chairman Cheryl Mason from the BVA talking about leadership, Dave Woodruff from the Woodruff Foundation, Bob Woodruff Foundation. So, you know, and and the veteran service organizations and county leaders. And so it was really great. Um, You know, I've received messages from folks who were really excited about it, but also some who wanted to be in attendance. Was this open to the public? It was. It was out there targeting the specific audience I just mentioned of like, hey, if you're a leader of or in an organization uh, whose primary purpose is serving veterans, but I'm hopeful, you know, and you're right, we filled up uh, relatively quickly, but I'm hopeful looking into as we build this in the future that we can uh, have a bigger venue and uh, bring more people to the table. There is definitely a desire out there to, to, to coalition build. And from many of the comments that I know you and I both heard, you know, people have been wanting something like this for years. So I'm glad we were able to bring it together. Um, and my hope is that um, we'll continue to collaborate. Do we have anything else coming up on the horizon that people should be on the lookout for? Or do we just, you know, wait till next year for the, 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 the next summit? Well, I think, you know, of course, Director, there's always opportunities. Uh, you know, the Women Veterans Conference uh, is being hosted in June, obviously, in Lansing, which will be a great opportunity for women veterans to, uh, to get together, share best practices, learn from each other, et cetera. As far as the summit goes, I mean, we'll intend to host another one next year. I'm sure there'll be offline conversations of what else between now and then. Obviously, there's the gala uh, that we'll have in November, which was a a great, a big success last year in Southeast Michigan. This year, it'll be in the Lansing area. I would just say, though, what I took away the most is like, 
you know, it doesn't stop for the one day, uh, you know, the two days we got together in East Lansing. I mean, there's everybody, the, the relationships that were made there will continue outside of that room there in East Lansing. And uh, who knows what, uh, what solutions will be found from people working together uh, based off relationships made there. Well, absolutely. And for those who may want to get involved now, I would say look for your local VCAT, which is that veteran community engagement team that's in your area or even a local coalition that you can be a part of for veterans. And so thank you so much for all of your hard work. You and Katie um, at our agency did a phenomenal job along with all the other team um, to, to bring this together. And so we definitely are looking forward to continue coalition building. So thank you so much, Ryan, for uh, all your work. And we look forward to what we have in the future. Thank you. Today, we're talking about never forget and sacrifice. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the duty that's bestowed on, upon us um, as veterans and what we've taken away as military uh, members that served. You know, um, one of the things I've talked about in speeches and, and is about how freedom is not free, but, you know, we have a responsibility with those freedoms. And, you know, over the weekend, past weekend, um, we learned about a shooting in Buffalo, New York. And, you know, a shooting that was specifically targeted, it was hate-filled. It was targeting African-Americans in the community where they were just shopping at the grocery store on a warm day. And it just, it, 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 it just, it bothers me that, you know, as a society, we talk about you know, honoring our veterans and honoring those who've fallen and honoring those who've made a sacrifice. But sometimes we don't see that in our actions. And if we honored the sacrifice of those who fought for our country, who fought for the birth of our country, who fought in the American Revolution, then we would be able to honor all because it was different races, different backgrounds from the Native American uh, population to African-American population, to those who had been enslaved, who fought and still didn't gain their freedom for a country to be free. And, and you know, as we, we, we have these conversations, I, I, wanna, I wanna encourage those who may be triggered just as I am to, to talk to somebody about it. You know, we have the 1-800-VA um, crisis line out there, which is that 1-800-273. 8255 press one or text 838255. But you know, there are also companies out there, you may be working for an employer who has an employer program where you can seek assistance and talk to someone, but don't, don't keep it to yourself because it, it causes anxiety, it's triggering. And for those of you who know, uh, who have been through something, whether it be combat or some other thing in the military, this just adds on to it. And I will say, there is no place for hate in our country. White supremacy and far-right extremism are among the greatest domestic security threat facing the United States. And that's according to US Homeland Security officials. And here's what I will say as well. The Civil Rights Act of 1968 did not wave a magic wand over this country, healing it of the racism that is seen regularly throughout the media and everyday lives. This was proven over the weekend when those individuals who were going to the grocery store living their lives, preparing for barbecues, preparing for birthdays, were gunned down, not because of anything they did to anyone, not because they took another's life, not because they, 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 they uh, were terrorists or anything, but just because of the way that they were born. 
Let that resonate. We live in a country that should be free. We live in a country where going to the grocery store should be a right and going there safely should be a right. We have a responsibility to cut, to cut these things down when we see them rise up. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our neighbors to say something when we see it at home or at work. We should all strive to call out racism wherever and whenever we see it. The person doing that, this 18-year-old person who has barely touched and scratched the surface of adulthood was filled with hate. And the person doing it might not even know it comes to racism or how it's still looming large over this country. We have not done enough for the newest generation. And there's always going to be a new generation. And as veterans, as those who swore to protect this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the next generation of military members and veterans to stand up and speak up when we say something. This is not a political thing. This is not a red and a blue thing. This is a humanity thing. This is about being what you said you would be. This is not about eradicating a race of people. We are all connected. We are all connected and the color of our skin it should not be what we're judged by. We should be judged by the content of our character. And that is what we need to continue to send home when we hear something from a colleague or a friend or a person who, who spews hate. Shut it down. Each and every one of us can change how this country reacts and sees things and show that this is not acceptable here, not in the land of the free, and the home of the brave. I challenge each and every one of you listening to speak up, stand up, and no longer be silent. We took an oath. Think about what that means. We have to heal and things like this, this continue to divide. What ways can you help your communities heal? What ways can you help those who you served with and those who looked like something different that you served with to heal? What ways can you be a force of change? I challenge you as we continue to remember those who have fallen and who have given the ultimate sacrifice for just that. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. All right, and so um, our next guest is Susan Deneau-Galley. And Susan Deneau-Galley comes from the VA in Detroit. And, you know, we're going to really be able to talk with her about, you know, how to honor veterans. And so um, we're looking forward to having her on the show so, Susan, um, you know, you've been the executive director of the Detroit VA Regional Office since 2020. I mean, you came in at a crazy time. How has it been? 
Uh, yes, I, I moved just, to, as you mentioned, at the beginning of the pandemic here to Detroit. Um, it, it, you know, looking back, uh, sometimes I wonder uh, how we got through it all, but, um, uh, you know, it's just been a matter of keeping positive and moving forward. And, um, you know, uh, VBA has done a great job during the pandemic of still being available for veterans in a virtual way. I know you're a big proponent, ma'am, of our uh, uh, veteran readiness and employment program. And so we've transitioned to a lot of uh, virtual counseling and things of that nature so that we can keep uh, both veterans and our employees safe. Well, I will say you all are doing a great job and I value the relationship and the information sharing that we have with the VA uh, Detroit Regional Office. And so, um, you know, we're, we're talking about um, never forget and sacrifice as we're heading into Memorial Day and what that means for the veteran population. So, you know, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about something that maybe many people don't know much about, and that's unclaimed remains. Um, recently, we had an individual whose um, some of his ashes were found in a storage facility, and no one, you know, we had to kind of come together and talk with the VA, and I think it's um, missing persons. Uh, miss, I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, the, an organization that does unclaimed remains as well to make sure he was going to be laid to rest properly. And so, but people may not know that there are benefits and resources out there. So can you talk a little bit about what you all do at the regional office as it relates to unclaimed remains and burial assistance and things like that? Sure, I'd be glad to. So as, as you know, Director Adams, um, the issue of unclaimed veteran remains is very complex issue, and it's not limited to veterans. Um, unfortunately, there's no state, national level clearinghouses for unclaimed remains. So the practices can vary state to state. But what VA has tried to do is have a more um, concerted and, and joint effort so that when someone knows of uh, you know, uh, an issue of unclaimed remains, um, they can call VA at 1-800-827-1000. And I'll repeat that phone number again, hopefully, but um, they can call that number and we can assist them in directing them the right people so that we can ensure that the veteran um, gets a dignified burial or memorialization because their service is very important to us. We want to commemorate it um, for their sacrifice to our nation. Um, I think it'd be helpful if I probably talked a little bit about what um, unclaimed remains really means. Um, so VA considers a deceased veteran's uh, remains unclaimed when the veteran doesn't have any relatives or other friends who are able or willing to claim them and make the burial arrangements. So unclaimed remains can be defined as veterans who haven't by, been claimed by relatives or friends, or they don't have the sufficient resources available in the veteran's estate to cover any sort of burial or funeral expenses. Um, what VA is doing is we, we've got at every regional office, we have a point of contact where if someone calls that 800 number I mentioned, 1-800-827-1000, uh, they'll um, get in touch with the appropriate point of contact in whatever state the veterans remains are found and work with local uh, NCA or National Cemetery Administration representatives and per perhaps a, a state cemetery and funeral directors to try to ensure that the veteran can be buried in a dignified manner. 
that's very, very good. And, and, and we love that the VA is doing this. And I would encourage people to call that number because some people don't recognize or realize that their veterans are even qualified for a veteran burial um, just off. The, so it may be a good idea to just even call the VA if you come across those. But, you know, we're, we're not done talking about this because I want to learn more about what you're doing. So when we come back from the commercial break, we'll be talking, uh, continuing to talk with you. And then we'll also talk, talk with Charles Reed at the Great Lakes National Cemetery about some of these things. So you all don't want to miss this great information. It's good knowledge for you. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We were speaking with Suzanne Denogali um, from the VA Regional Office in Detroit, the executive director there. And so we were talking about unclaimed remains, but I think it's important too for people to realize that there um, are other things that the VA can provide as far as maybe some burial benefits. And so can you talk about a few of those? Yeah, thanks, Director Adams. I'd be glad to. So um, part of the um, burial benefits package that's available to some veterans who qualify is, um, you know, a plot allowance, um, perhaps transportation, and there's some different requirements that tie into that. But, um, you know, when someone files a claim for reimbursement, it doesn't have to be the surviving spouse. It can also be the veteran's children, regardless of their age, the veteran's parents, an executor or administrator of the veteran's estate, or um, a survivor survivor of a legal union with the veteran. It doesn't just have to be um, the spouse. So it's important for folks to know that, that who paid the uh, burial costs for the veteran, that would be who would file for reimbursement. So um, the veteran has to meet certain conditions though for that benefit. Um, it could be that the veteran died as a result of a service-connected disability that the veterans receiving VA pension or compensation at the time of their death, or that they were entitled to receive it, but instead elected to receive their full military retirement or disability pay. Also veterans who are hospitalized by the VA or receiving care under VA contract are also eligible for burial benefits. Um, it can also be someone who's got an original or reopened claim pending at the time of their death. death. Um, so that's just a couple of the ways people can be eligible. And if a veteran died after 1996, if they're in a VA approved state nursing home, they'd also qualify for service connected burial benefits. So um, a lot of different ways people can qualify. Uh, again, you know, it can be a bit confusing and trying to cover all that on your show, ma'am. Uh, you know, I think it's important just to stress to folks that, you know, there are service organizations throughout the state who can provide um, information to family members. So if your county or area in which you live has a service organization, a veterans advocate, make sure to reach out to them for more information. Or you can always call us at VA at 1-800-827-1000. And one of our call agents will be more than happy to provide you with the information you need and try to point you in the right direction to get more information. That's great information, Suzanne. And I will say that, um, you know, for anyone who's looking for a service officer, or, you know, you may have lost a loved one, 
um, to find out about those burial benefits, then you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET, 1-800-6424-838. And I think that that's a good segue into the conversation about one of those other benefits, uh, and that's burial at a national cemetery. So joining us to talk about that is Charles Reed, a combat veteran who deployed to Afghanistan twice. Um, he's also the assistant director of the Great Lakes National Cemetery and has been in that position since 2001. Thank you for joining us, Charles. Thank you, Director Adams, for having me. So, um, you know, I know we don't have any state cemeteries here in uh, state veteran cemeteries here in Michigan, but can you tell us how many we have in Michigan that are national veteran cemeteries? Absolutely. So um, there, are, there are actually two national cemeteries located in the state of Michigan, um, one being the Great Lakes National Cemetery, where, where I am currently at, and also the Fort Custer National Cemetery. Um, so Great Lakes National Cemetery was uh, established about 17 years ago, and uh, currently it is the, um, the busier of the two national cemeteries in the state of Michigan. Um, just this year, we surpassed the uh, 50,000 internment mark. Wow. Wow. So, you know, you just said 50,000 interned. So uh, does it, is there still space available? Yes, absolutely. Um, so Great Lakes National Cemetery is, is 544 total acres, and, and we're just currently under uh, 100 acres developed. Um, we're currently in a phase two expansion of construction to provide additional burial benefits for uh, those eligible veterans. And, and this is going to help us expand our uh, burial operations, um, likely for the next three to five years. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you just heard Suzanne talking about some of the criteria um, for burial benefits. Um, can you talk about some of the ones that, or are there the similarities between those who can be buried in a national cemetery? Sure, absolutely. Um, so some of the benefits that the national cemetery offers um, for eligible veterans would be um, a gravesite in any VA national cemetery that has available space. Um, and that's also the same for uh, VA funded state and uh, as well as tribal cemeteries. Um, as part of those benefits, we also offer the opening and closing of that specific gravesite. Um, any headstone or marker that would be uh, set as far as that interment process would go, as well as the perpetual care of that gravesite and memorial marker. Um, also, during the time of services, um, in certain cases, we can provide burial flags to families or funeral homes, as well as pre presidential memorial certificates, and that's all at no cost to the family or representative of the family. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I, I will say, you know, just we were, you know, when we were speaking with Suzanne a few minutes ago, we were talking about how with unclaimed remains, we may not necessarily know if someone is a veteran or not, because not all veterans identify as veterans, even though they may qualify for some of these benefits. So I encourage people to find out if you don't know or you suspect maybe your family member may have served, you know, to, to, to contact 1-800-827-1000, because that may be, you may find out that they qualify for some of those you know, um, I know that there's um, honor guard sometimes you're able to do as well. Um, what other things are, are, are people able to do or maybe not do at the National Cemetery? <laughs> That's a great question, ma'am. Um, so as well as, you know, the, the multitude of benefits that, you know, Suzanne and, and myself have just covered. Um, also in the National Cemeteries, we, we do provide spaces for families to hold committal shelters. Um, the times for those committal shelters do vary based on the National Cemetery. Um, that you could be looking at anywhere from 15 minutes to, to 30 minutes as part of those committal shelter um, services. And those can include uh, the military honors like you just referenced to, 
which um, in most cases include the uh, playing of taps and folding and presentation of the flag to um, the next of kin or whoever they would wish to have receipt of that flag. Um, things not to do in national cemeteries, <laughs> there, there's a, a rather large list. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 would, I would stick with, um, you know, recreational activities are, are typically something that, you know, nationwide across the board is something that, that is not allowed inside of national cemeteries. Um, but beyond that, you know, it, it's, it's more of um, respect and decorum. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you go into the mindset of visiting a national cemetery with honoring the respect of the veterans that are interred there, um, if you stick with that mindset, you're going to, you're going to be pretty well off. Now, you know, I, I do have a question. So I'm a veteran, my husband's a veteran, but I know that even spouses of veterans potentially can be buried, I would think, believe that they can be buried there. Is there a way to ensure that, you know, spouses are buried together? Absolutely. Um, so, so the way this happens is typically in a, in a situation like you just mentioned, where we have two veterans who are married at the time of either one's passing. Um, so I, I don't know if um, Suzanne had, had gone through any of the eligibility requirements or anything like that prior to, um, but essentially what would happen is at, at the actual time of need for establishment of eligibility, we would verify the eligibility of the veteran who has passed away. And at that same time, if we have inclination that um, the surviving spouse is also a veteran, we're going to be looking for source documentation, such as items like a DD-214 to verify the surviving veteran's eligibility. Um, at that time, the cemetery staff will make that determination of eligibility. And, and if everything checks through as far as eligibility confirmation, then what we'll go ahead and do is reserve an adjacent gravesite right next to the veteran that has passed away. That way we can ensure that the veteran and the spouse are always going to be together. Well, that's great. That's great information. And, you know, I just, I will say that I've been able to see one of those ceremonies up close and personal, um, not only for my um, cousin who passed away, uh, several years ago and was buried in a national cemetery. She was very, she was buried with dignity, but also with my dad in two, at the end of 2020, when he was buried, a Vietnam era veteran. And one of the cool things that I found and just, uh, you know, that I think it's maybe recent is that there's a memorial page where you can go visit some of those individuals who may be buried if you can't go visit them in person. Um, are you aware of that, Charles? I am. So, so this is something that NCA has, has been very diligently working on um, the Veterans Legacy Memorial. Um, Veterans Legacy Memorial ha has just become a huge thing as part of NCA. Um, what we're doing is essentially looking at preserving the legacy of our veterans and being able to get this information forward facing out to our visitors or even family members that may not be in the local area. Um, so there are a few national cemeteries that I know of um, that are working with local colleges and just various community groups um, to assist with that process as far as, you know, it, it may be something as simple as just cleaning headstones for the actual photos that are going to be forward facing to our public. Um, as part of that program, anybody can go onto the website and actually view the legacy page of their loved one. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, I can get you the information for the VLM webpage and have that sent over to you. Um, that way, if you want to get it out to any of the listeners, they, they are more than happy to go in there. All you have to do is search your veteran. It'll bring up all pertinent information. And as part of that um, webpage, they'll almost think about it as like a, a social media page. You mm -hmm. can leave comments, pictures, timelines, all kinds of great information that goes into preserving the legacy and telling the story of these veterans. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Charles and Susan Denogalli from the VA and Charles Reed from the uh, Great Lakes National Cemetery here in Holly for joining us today. Just don't forget, you can call 1-800-827-1000 or you can give us a call at 1-800-MISH-VET. We'll be right back with our next guest on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We are joined by our last guest, Joe Mischler. Joe is a military army veteran who was wounded, wounded in combat in Vietnam and received a Purple Heart. He retired from Holly High School where he was a theater and social studies teacher. He's the co-leader of the Holly Area Veterans Resource Center. In his spare time, he loves to read, write, and direct plays. First of all, Joe, I wanna thank you for your service and welcome you home as a Vietnam era veteran. And uh, thank you for joining us today on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're talking about, um, you know, never forget and sacrifice as we are heading into Memorial Day and, and really with people understanding what Memorial Day is all about. Right. That it's it's not like Veterans Day. It's about those whose lives they've given their lives and and, and have passed away as a veteran as well. And so I would love to hear more about what you're doing at the Holly Area Veterans Resource Center. Well, we do a lot of things there. We are a resource center. If you're a veteran and you're having any difficulties, um, you come in and we'll find resources to help you. We also have a service officer that is present five days a week and can handle just about anybody that comes in. So and we've been in existence, so we're a 501c3, and we don't belong to any organization. Okay. And, that's and how long have you been in existence? About eight years. Eight years. Okay. Do you have any, I know, um, you know, there are so many resources in the state and, you know, connection to resources and, and you know, hopefully <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty sure we have you as a resource in our database as well for the Holly area. But do you have any unique resources that you have that maybe some other places don't that you can think of? We have a tremendous military library. We probably have three to four, three thousand books at least. So if anybody's interested in military history or history, uh, we are a good resource for that sort of thing. And we do have people who come in and look through the library. Uh, we are also, uh, we seem to be, uh, we collect a lot of artifacts, uniforms, medals, all kinds of stuff. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, someone dropped off two cases of sea rations from the Vietnam era, which wow. that was kind of different. Uh, but those are those are some of the things that we do. Plus, you can come in and sit down and chat. We have coffee. We have treats. Um, we like to do that kind of stuff. So it's a great place to have some mentorship, too, it sounds like. Yes. Absolutely. Well, that's great. I mean, that's a great resource there in Holly. And I've learned something new today. Um, you know, there's something else that I know you're working on, and that's the um, Vietnam Memorial Wall. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, uh, this has been uh, an idea that we've kicked around for some time. And uh, we we tried to do it a couple of years ago, but COVID got in the way. And um, we had it scheduled. And then they called us and said, hey, how about this summer? And we said, OK, uh, we'll do it. And uh, it's quite an honor. Uh, American Legion Post 149 
is the sponsoring agent and the fiduciary for the project. Uh, we have a pretty good committee. Uh, we have a number of fundraisers that we've done and are about to do. But it's all about uh, honoring the people in our area who um, didn't come home from the Vietnam War. And uh, we have seven from Holly. Uh, we also include uh, Fenton, Grand Blanc, and some of the other smaller communities in the area. Now, the project is going to happen from August 3rd through August 8th. And it's a 24-7 deal and it will be open all day all night uh, anybody can come uh, it's at what's called the uh, Richter campus uh, Carl Richter was an Air Force pilot with 198 missions in Vietnam and then was killed um, the campus is at uh, 300 East Street in Holly Michigan it's the old high school for those people who know the Holly area. Okay. And so, you know, you know, you talked about it moving, where is it moving from, or is this like a new structure that's being created? No, this, uh, this company has been around, I want to say since 1987, it's right out of Michigan. It's mm -hmm. called veterans combat limited. And, um, I believe they're in the upper peninsula. Um, and, uh, they've actually been, in the state a number of times. Uh, this summer, Holly will be the only place that it will be at, and it's coming from a place in Indiana. Gotcha. So so it'll have several names on there, but then it'll also include the names of the Holly, Grambling, oh, it, and some oh, of the other have, uh, It will have all 58,318 names. Right. It's huge. It's uh, a half-size replica of the actual Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Uh, each wall is 126 feet. So it's, it's quite a project. Um, as my co-chair says, it's a project with a lot of moving parts. So so what I'm hearing is, is that any from, anyone from across Michigan or anywhere, really. Anyone that, from anywhere. That, that has a name of a family member, a relative, or even a, a resident from that area can come to Holly between August 3rd and August 8th to actually view the wall and, 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 and really just give your, your, um, uh, your words of your words of wisdom, your, your encouragements, your condolences or whatever you want to do at that Memorial wall to, to, to bring reverence to those who lost their lives. Actually, anyone can come. And if you've ever been to one, you'll notice that, uh, it's not, just families that come it's not just friends uh, it's it's a lot of different people we're we're expecting somewhere between 10 and maybe uh 15,000 or more people to show up on the week yeah so it's quite a it's quite a deal i've been to a number of these i have actually been to the vietnam veterans memorial itself uh it's quite an awe inspiring experience and what does that mean to you being a combat Vietnam War veteran to have this in your hometown? It feels really good. It feels like you're actually uh, doing something that honors their sacrifice and that you're yeah. actually uh, you're actually bringing it home in that sense. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, I mean, that's what it sounds like. And so will there be like a reception or will there be any kind well, of like grand thing that you do on yes. August 3rd when it gets here? Uh, not on August 3rd, but August 4th, we will have an opening ceremony at three o'clock. Okay. On site. And then uh, August 7th, we'll have a closing ceremony. Uh, we would do it a little bit before, but we aren't setting the wall up until August 3rd in the morning. So, and then we're taking it down on Monday. <clears throat> we're also having a reunion in the afternoon at one o'clock for any veteran. And I say any veteran, um, it's going to be from like one to four. It'll be on site, uh, on the site. Mm -hmm. So. Well, we, we definitely look forward to helping you celebrate this uh, historic wall coming to um, Holly, Michigan, and, uh, you know, on August 4th. And where can people find out more about the Resource Center or even this event, these events that are coming up? Uh, we are, the Resource Center is on Facebook, uh, Holly Area Veterans Resource Center, or they can call me. My phone number is 810-348-9960. All right, so that's 810-348-9960, or visit them on Facebook to find out more information right. about these events that you definitely right. want to be at. Joe, thank you so much for talking about this very important topic and sharing with us, you know, this history that's going to be coming to Michigan. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. It's my pleasure. And we hope you all show up to see it. Thank you. And I just want to thank all the rest of our guests for joining us today. And just as a reminder, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you have an idea for a topic to be discussed on a future show, please visit our website, michigan.gov slash MVAA and click on the about section and scroll down to the veterans perspective link. We'd love to hear from you. Finally, uh, just don't forget that if you are struggling or you know someone, a veteran in crisis, or they need to just talk to someone, you can call the veterans crisis line at 1-800-273-8255 and press one or text 838255 for assistance. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week on the veterans perspective. <laughs>